you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning of verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born and hid three months of his parents, because they saw that he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we come before you today thanking you and praising you for your goodness and your grace to us. Lord, I'm thankful for your spirit that is here wonderful, wonderful, sweet presence of God that is in our midst. Lord, as we enter into this time of the breaking of the bread of life, I pray, God, that you would just speak to our hearts in a special way. Lord, I I pray that you would just remind us of how valuable uh, those precious family members are to us and what an impact they make. Would you challenge someone today? Lord, would you encourage someone? Would you Remind someone of how much of a value their contribution is into the lives of their children. God, we thank you and we praise you for all good blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. You know Moses really well, but there's a good chance that many of you here don't even know who his mother's name is because she is not mentioned too often in the Bible by name, but her name is Jochebed. And today I want to entitle these remarks for these few moments we have remaining together, Jochebed made the bed. Jochebed made the bed. It's an admiral named McRaven is his last name. Talks about the discipline of making the bed. He said, it's a normal part of a day for a Navy SEAL when they arrive about 7.30 in the morning. From 7.30 to 9 o'clock, we do physical training. Every single morning of most of his career when he was assigned to the SEAL teams. He said, that's not an easy thing to do every single morning. Of course, some people get up, they run, or they do whatever their routine is. He goes on to say, the idea of making the bed... It's the same sense of discipline. It's the same sense that you're going to get up and do something. It's an easy task to undertake. You roll out of bed. You just put your bed. You make it straight. Again, you get it right. It's not just about throwing the covers over the pillow. It's about making your bed right and walking away and going, okay, that's good. That looks good. As simple as it sounds, I'm proud of that little task that I just accomplished, and that task sets the tone for the rest of the day. It is the simplicity. 
He goes on to say, I think it is also the amount of time that it takes to make your bed. It doesn't take an hour to do, and yet you get this sense of accomplishment. I mean, if you can get up every morning and do your run or do your PTs, physical training, that's great as well. But if you're not one of those persons still, it's good to start off with a simple task that moves you forward, making the bed. It's a practice that exists in some families and not in others. It's a practice that exists in some individuals and yet not in others. I don't make the bed. Was it raised to make the bed? Pull the covers over your pillow at best, but to me it slept just as good the second night as it did the first night. The wrinkles on the bed sheets, they have no bearing on my ability to sleep. It has no effect at all. My beautiful bride, on the other hand, is a bed-making machine. She's good at it. It's an art for her. Sandra could be the bed-making sergeant at boot camp. And just about every single morning that she's getting ready, after she's done getting ready, she's making the bed. She wants the bed to be just right for when we turn in at night. Ah, then there is our one and only son. He gleans from both of us to this moment as a 19-year-old college student. You know how they say kids get something from both of their parents? Well, I can tell you that making the bed is not a top priority in practice, but climbing into a bed that is ready-made by his mother is a beautiful thing. It's a great blessing. Today, Mom, we say thank you for making the bed. You see, there is a phrase many of us have gotten used to, and it goes like this. You've made your bed, now lie in it. You made a decision, and now you must accept the consequences. This expression is commonly used as a response to people who are complaining about problems that they have brought upon themselves. And let me just stop here and tell you that there are, there are some storms that come into our lives that are by the providential hand of God, and God allows them to come our way. Let's be honest today. Some of the storms that happen in our lives are storms of our own making. But today we celebrate Jacobeds throughout the room and in our lives that made the bed a long time before we made our own bed. And today, the results of those, of those times that, that Jochebed made the bed for us have, have spared us a lot of heartache and, and, and a lot of trouble. And today, we bring honor to those precious mothers, and we bring glory to God. Now, I know this is a big family day, and I know that, that uh, there's a lot of events planned for this afternoon to spend with mom, and rightly so. But if you'll give me just a few moments, I want to share six quick, quick observations about Jochebed that I find in the Word of God that I believe will be a blessing to you. Number one, I would share with you that Jochebed was not afraid. You saw that in the scripture we read this morning, that her and Amram, her husband, were not afraid of the king's command. You find this narrative in Exodus chapter 2 of this young mother that has a 10-year-old daughter named Miriam and a 3-year-old son named Aaron. And the word goes out that every male child that is born must be killed, but every female child could live. 
I, I thought about that this week, and I was reminded that when I am having a conversation with couples that are expecting a, a, a child, uh, I find myself, that's a question that automatically comes out. What would you like to have? Would you like to have a boy, or would you like to have a girl? And most couples will say this, we don't mind if it's a boy or a girl as long as the child is healthy. That seems to be the, the kind of the general response. But I guarantee you, if you were asking during that time what Jochebed would have liked to have had, she probably would have quickly answered a girl so the child's life would be spared. But when she found out that she did have a boy, she did not despair. She did not give up hope. But she uh, took her boldness and in her courage and with great tenacity, she made the bed for her three-month-old boy. And she made the bed that would lead to the sparing of his life. And so today I want to say again, we celebrate women of God who have a tender heart that breaks when their little ones are hurting, but will maul you like a lioness because of the courage and the protective nature that is inside of them. Moms are not afraid. They'll go to the throes of death to bring that child into the world. And I guarantee you every mother in this room would go again to the throes of death to fight off any enemy that would try to hurt her child. We celebrate Jacobeds who have made the bed. The second thing I see from this precious mother is that she nurtured Moses. You see, before we make our own bed, you make the bed for us. You nurture us. You nourish us. You kneel beside us. You neglect yourself sometimes to make sure that we as your children have everything that we need. You pour into us out of yourself physically and emotionally and spiritually. It never is a waste of time when it's time to read a story or kneeling to listen to them pray or taking them to the park when you really don't feel like it or hearing about their day at school or holding them when their heart is broken because a boy has shattered them with a breakup. Oh, thank God for the nurturing that comes from Jacobeds who, who make the bed for their children. Thank you for nurturing your children. I want to tell you thirdly that Jochebed prepared Moses' habitation. Oh, she could have just said, Amram, we're just going to trust God. You know, I believe in that too. The scripture says we are to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. I believe that we should trust God. But I can tell you something, that faith is faith that's something that has legs on it. We can't be passive. We can't be apathetic. We can't be lethargic with our faith. For I have found out that faith without works is a dead faith. And a dead faith is just as well to have no faith at all. But the scripture says in Exodus chapter 2 that Jochebed literally made the bed an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch. She was protecting her baby from the decree of Pharaoh. She was also protecting her baby from the crocodiles of the Nile River. She was acting on her faith. Let me tell you something today, moms. Let me tell you how important it is that you prepare their habitation because there is an enemy that has targeted your son and your daughter. There is, a, uh, there is elements, destructive elements of the world just like the crocodiles of the Nile that are out there to take your son and daughter under. So make sure you're vigilant with your faith. Make sure you stand
stand strong in your faith. Make sure you build up your most holy faith. Make sure the devil knows that if he comes knocking at your front door, that he's encountered a mama bear, a mama of God, a child of the king that will do anything that she has to do to make sure that her child, his habitation, her habitation is prepared for the future and the calling that God has for them. Somebody say amen this morning. Faith without works is dead. So thank you moms in the room for praying as well as believing. Thank you for standing on your principles instead of just believing. For saying no when no was needed and yes when yes was needed. Thank you today for the corrections and the spankings and the counseling, and the cooking, and the cleaning, and the dressing, and the laughters, and the movie watching. You have prepared the habitation, the hugs, and the kisses. They may not thank you today, but I guarantee you this, as they grow older, your stock as a mother goes up, and they realize, and they understand as they come to maturity, the price that you paid in preparing their habitation. <laughs> Number four, I believe that Jochebed believed in her son. She believed in her son. That was all part of making the bed. She believed in her son. And I want to say, and every mother can attest to this in the room, that mothers believe in their children when no one else does. I'll tell you a story. I was eight years old. My mother still has the cassette tape of me preaching at eight years old. This is the way it was set up. I would preach, and my slightly older sister, her name was Robin, she would lead the choir, and we would have imaginary church. I would sing in her choir. She would lead the choir. We would sing to the rafters. But then as time went along, I have discovered that when it was time for me to preach, my sister decided to leave the congregation. She, did, she wanted me to be in her choir, but she didn't want to stick around long enough to hear me preach. Time went on a little further, and before long, I was having to lead the choir and preach. <laughs> <laughs> she had bailed on me completely. But mama never stopped believing in me. This July will be 28 years of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when, my, when the Lord called my sister home in April of 1993, at 29 years old, she had been leading the choir when God called her to her eternal reward. Now let me tell you something. You say, well, that, that's kind of, okay, that's kind of insignificant. Don't you believe for one moment that's insignificant? Mama was behind that. Mama was in on that. Mama was supporting. 
Mama was raising her children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. And let me tell you something. I believe that when you when you stand and you believe in them and you let them know, even at their lowest moment, you keep speaking those words of life into them because death and life is in the power of the tongue and there's going to be some fruit that's going to come from it. And when you speak life into them, I'm telling you, it has eternal implications. It has implications that can turn around and touch, multiply thousands of people in their future and it will be added to your account as a result. So moms, don't give up on your children. Even though you find them strained today, even though they're lost and undone today, you may not even know where your child was last night, but I can guarantee this, God knows where they are. The Holy Spirit knows where they are and if you've trained them up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, when they grow older, they will not depart from it. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your household. It's a promise many of you are holding on to. Don't give up and keep believing in them. I remember many times that I would ride that altar at church many times. I look back and I wonder if it wasn't weekly. It was almost like I need to get saved every day. I had to go pray about something. I'd go up there and bury my forehead into my arm and weep and cry. They'd say the benediction. The music would stop. People would start fellowshipping. I'd still be down there at the altar. I had no idea, Brother Fred, the kind of forming and shaping that was going on in my life during that time. I have no clue. I, I, do, I couldn't appreciate it at the time as a, as a teenage boy, as a preteen boy. But I guarantee you this. There's one thing that was for certain in my life. The preacher could stop. He could cut out the lights and go home. They could shut down the music. They could start fellowshipping. But I could always count on this. There was one hand that was always on this shoulder until I got done crying, until I got done weeping, until I got done wailing before the Lord. I could turn around and every single time my mama was there because mama believed in me even when I didn't believe in myself. You young mothers in this room, I, I know you get frustrated. I know they can push you to the limit. But don't stop believing in them. God has a plan. And through the school of hard knocks and some of the difficult things that they may go through, that plan will unfold. But in the process of getting there, they need to know it is a priceless commodity for them to know that you believe in them. Fifthly, when the time was right, Jochebed turned her son loose to make his own bed. We see at a young age, Moses was taken to the house of Pharaoh, no longer in his mother's care. I could just hear her saying to him, Moses, I protected you when you were born and I... I set you in the Nile River, and Jehovah God watched over you. Yes, Moses, I built you a little ark, and it had some slime and some pitch, and I made sure that it didn't sink, and you were protected from the crocodiles and protected from the decree of Pharaoh. I lined that little ark with faith and with prayer. But now, it's 
It's come time for me to turn you loose to face the world in Egypt's palace. It's painful. It's painful for Jacobeds in this room, one side to the other. It's painful when they enter the military. It's tough. It's painful when they go to college. I'm telling you, we, were, we had a great Easter Sunday, but that afternoon, me and Sandra were licking our wounds because ours wasn't home. The first Easter, he wasn't home. It's tough. It's tough when they get married. It's tough when they start to make their own bed, to set their own course in life. But because Jochebed made the bed literally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, God was able to deliver a whole nation through Moses. It's tough. <laughs> you can't fix it. What is it they say? When they're two, they step on your toes. When they're 22, they step on your heart. There's times you come to the place and you can't fix it. It's at that time that you just start to pray. Brother Jerry, like Jesus did in John 17, Father, I pray that you not take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil of the world. It's that time to... When that transition takes place, the caring never stops, the bleeding heart never stops, the sleepless nights still arrive on occasion. But you can watch and witness as God takes that shy, introverted son or daughter that no one gave any credit of anything for. And because you made the bed, God will raise them up for his plans and his purposes. Number six, finally. Finally, when Jochebed made the bed, she, she transferred her faith to Moses. She transferred her faith to Moses. She transferred her faith to Moses. I believe children can be saved. And I don't think you have to wait until a child comes to children's church to be saved. I can't think of a more beautiful prayer partner to lead their son or daughter to the Lord than a mother. At some point, she transferred her faith. In, in one place, in verse 23, it says, By faith Moses was hidden. But then in verse 24, it says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And I believe today that the connecting link between those verses was, Jochebed had made the bed and pre prepared him. It's very similar to what Paul wrote to Timothy. In 2 Timothy 1.5, when he said, I call to remembrance... The unfeigned faith that is in you, which dwell first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and it's also inside of you. Keep making the bed. Keep making the bed. Keep transferring your faith. Sometimes they shake their head at us. Sometimes we embarrass them. Sometimes we're uncool.
Come on, nod your head at me. I know I'm not the only uncool parent in the room. I have my moments, but some of y'all do too. They don't appreciate. They don't understand the sacrifice. I'll share this with you as I get ready to close. It's a teenage girl. She wanted, didn't want to be seen in public with her mother. Because her mother's arms were terribly disfigured. One day, her and her mom went shopping. And when the clerk asked for payment at the register, her mother reached out her hand and her arm was exposed. And the clerk looked horrified at the condition of the mother's arms. The, the teenage girl was embarrassed. She was humiliated. And she went home and she cried and threw a fit and upset. The mother waited about an hour because the mother was also hurt that her daughter responded in this way. But she waited about an hour and she went in to tell her for the first time what had happened to her arms. She sat down across from the tear-stained cheeks of her daughter and she looked at her and she said, I'm going to tell you this, you've never known it to this moment. But when you were a baby, I woke up to a burning house. Your room was an inferno. Flames were everywhere. I could have gotten out the front door, but I decided I'd rather die with you than leave you to die alone. I ran through the fire and I wrapped my arms around you. Then I went back through the flames, my arms on fire. When I got outside on the lawn, the pain was agonizing. But when I looked at you, all I could do was rejoice that the flames hadn't touched you. The teenage girl sat there stunned. All she could do was look at her mother through new eyes. She began to weep in shame and gratitude simultaneously. She began to kiss her mother's marred arms and hands. Sister Debbie, as I thought about that this week, I thought, how many times have mama's arms carried us through the fiery trials of life? How many times have mama's counsels delivered us from the fires of conflict? How many times have mama's prayers led us to the fiery love that is found in Christ. Mamas, keep making the bed. Keep believing. Keep preparing the habitation. I feel just at this moment an impression of the Holy Spirit that there's mamas in this room that are hurting today. Hurting because maybe that, that child is estranged from you. I try to appreciate what my mother went through for several years after my sister died. She didn't see her four grandsons for 15 years. Man, we prayed and we cried and we sought God. God, you've got to, they had just removed themselves from the family. God answered prayer about, about three years ago, I guess now. My mother and father, I have, we saw pictures of them as they were reunited with 
several of their great-grandchildren that they didn't even know existed. They have eight great-grandchildren now. You can't give up. As long as there's breath, there's hope. Amen? Mothers need strength, though. Mothers need prayer. Mothers carry a burden. My wife carries a burden that I, I, I don't know anything about. I can't appreciate. I wonder today, if the moms would do this for me, if you're, if you're here today and you're, you're a mom that's, that's hurting, this is a tough day for you. Maybe it's a tough day because you went through a terrible miscarriage or had a stillborn or your grown child has passed. Maybe it's a tough day because you have children living, but for whatever reason they have stopped communication. They're in the room. I know they're in the room. And you just say, Pastor, I could just use some, some strength and some prayer. I, I'm not even going to ask you to come up front. I'm just going to ask you to just stand where you are. You're a mom here today. You just, you just could use some prayer. Would you? Where are you at? It may be just a couple of you. I could use some prayer. Just stand where you are, would you? Come on. Thank you for your honesty. Look at this. Mother's Day is a challenging day. It's a challenging day. It's a hard day for a lot of people because a lot of your mama has gone to heaven. They've gone on. Now, we're all family here. And there's some there standing there close. To, you see standing close to you? I'm going to ask you believers, turn around and look where they're at. Just get about eight or ten of you around them, would you? Just lay hands on them, begin to pray for them. We're family here. I'm going to ask the rest of the church to stand with me. Wherever they're at, wherever you see them, extend your hand their direction, would you? Father, in the name of Jesus, begin to pray. Let them hear you pray. Let them hear you pray. You don't need to know what heartache they have. Father, let the healing waters of heaven flow over their hearts right now, over their souls, over their emotions. Lord, you are the one that can turn our sorrow into joy. You are the one that can turn our mourning into dancing. These people that are gathered around them, Lord, they love them. They care about them. They're bearing their burdens right now. Lord, would you, would you honor these prayers? Would you honor these prayers? Would you bottle their tears? Would you begin to bring the healing balm of Gilead over their hearts the sun may begin to shine again as you answered prayer from my mother Lord there's a, there may be a need for some reconciliation with some children God would you touch would you minister wherever they're at wherever that son that daughter is as a result of these prayers Lord
May your mighty arm move on their behalf.